until your Triceratops comes to a complete stop. Ladies and gentlemen, please collect your belongings, watch your head and step, and take small children by the hand. We hope you enjoy your day at the Magic Kingdom. W Radio, your information station. Hello and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 404 for the week of May 30th, 2015. I'm here to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience and bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are with this podcast, videos, blog, live broadcasts, special events, books, audio tours, and more. Whether you are planning your first vacation to Walt Disney World or love the secrets, history, details, and stories, there is something here for you. You can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes and find everything else over at www.radio.com. So this week, I'm excited to be bringing back a segment I haven't done on the show in a long, long time, as I invite a listener to join me for Walt Disney World Fact or Fiction. I'll pose 20 questions about Walt Disney as well as the Walt Disney World parks and resorts to test your knowledge and share some fun facts, history, and trivia, and who knows... Maybe I'll call you to play next. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. I'll also announce the winner of our Tomorrowland audio tour contest and who I'll be taking through the Magic Kingdom on a private four-hour tour. I'll also have information about upcoming WDW Radio Meets of the Month as well as more of your voicemails at the end of the show. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. So I have said from the very first episode of WDW Radio that I want you to be part of the show as much as possible. And I've invited you to write in, call in, tweet me, come to meet in Walt Disney World. And some people actually who started out as listeners became regulars and joined me for segments on the show and, of course, good friends as well. But for everybody coming on and, and researching or, or talking about a full segment maybe isn't necessarily feasible. And as you know, I also love doing contests on the show, especially trivia ones, because that's really how I got started way back with my Walt Disney World trivia books back in 2003, which seems like eons ago. But it allows me to share some fun facts and, and history of Walt Disney with you, but also gives you a chance to play and win some prizes and challenge yourself to see how well you pay attention to the details, which is why I love doing the weekly trivia contest on the show. But this week, I wanted to do two things. Not just get somebody involved and on the show, but also bring back an old segment. Because it has been a long, long time since I've done one of my favorites. And so now, instead of me bringing on a guest or an expert or an author or imagineer, etc., I want to give you, the listener, a chance to participate again. And so, I am excited for the return of listener fact or fiction. And what I've done is randomly selected one member of the WW Radio Nation. You can learn more and find out how to join over at www.radio.com slash support. I invited one member of the nation to have me call them and come on to play. And this week, after years of not having this segment on the show, I welcome back fact or fiction and my first guest and member of the nation. Welcome to the show, George Goulash. Lou, thanks for having me on. It's, it's a great honor and pleasure for me. I actually should address you appropriately. You are Father George Goulash. That's okay. We're <laughs> friends first. That's it's fine. <laughs> uh, listen, but you know, I want to make sure I get it right because I don't want this to come back and haunt me later that I didn't <laughs> call you Father. <laughs> <laughs> listen, I, I, promise I, I, I promise I will not tell the Pope when he comes to Philly. <laughs> 
<laughs> Listen, I, I grew up Italian Catholic, so I know all about the guilt. So, <laughs> but uh, not before, a problem. Liz. Before we get into the the, the Q and A, um, I want to learn a little bit more about you, so I can tell by your accent um, that you are are not from New Jersey. Where are you originally from? Where do you live? Originally, I am from a small coal mining town in Pennsylvania called Winber, and it's actually where I currently reside. I am actually pastor of my home parish, where I was born and raised. Wow. How long have you been a priest? Twenty. It'll be 23 years on May 23rd. Wow. Good for you. Good for you. So it, it was interesting because we've had a chance to interact a little bit online. We've met each other at Walt Disney mm-hmm. World. And I don't know why I found it fascinating that a, a priest was is so uh, interested and such a fan of Walt Disney World. How long have you been coming to Disney? Like, when was the first time you've been there? I know when the last time was because you, <laughs> you come pretty often. But how did this all get started for you? I actually, my first time at Walt Disney World was in 1996, uh, the 25th anniversary. So the first time I saw the castle was in your favorite uh, <laughs> state of being, uh, all all pink and, and icing and candied. Um, a friend of mine was studying for the Diocese of Orlando, and I went down to visit him in Daytona Beach, and he said, we're going to go to Disney. And I, I'm not a, a, a ride person. I don't do roller coasters. I, I don't do the amusement parks around here. And I, I put up a, a, a fight, and it's like, I, you know, I'm not going to spend the money. I'm not going to go. And he says, you can't go back to Pennsylvania and say you were in Florida. So close, I've not been to Disney. I said, one day. That's all I'm doing, one day. And I, I remember, I thought, okay, well, I remember on TV, you know, Space Mountains, you know, things like that. So we did. But I remember the moment that, that I got it. Uh, I was standing on Main Street and watching the, uh, I believe it was the Spectrum Magic Parade, and I, I, I was mesmerized, and I remember my friend looking at me saying, well, what do you think? And I said, it's magical, and that was it. And then I would go back down to visit him, and every time I'd go down, it was like, um, can, can we go to Disney? He's like, we, we've been there already. So he, he moved on from the Diocese of Orlando, and I said, fine, I don't need you. I'll go down by myself. And so th- this, this past time was my uh, 20, 24th time. Wow. Wow! So and I already had, and I already have my twenty fifth and twenty sixth trips already reserved. <laughs> you see, you are a good, good man and a true Disney fan. So, are you? Um, I'm trying to figure out how to, how to phrase this correctly. So, do you sort of bring Disney into what you do? Because for so many people, Disney very much is almost like a lifestyle, right? It transcends their home. It transcends where they work. They have Disney characters on their desktop or on their desk. What about you? Is do you sort of bring Disney in some way? Are you like, are you the coolest priest in town because of like your love of Disney? Uh, I'm I'm pastor of of two parishes here in Winbur. They're across the street from each other. I'm also campus minister at the University of Pittsburgh at the Johnstown campus, and uh, I have mass there uh, during the academic year on on Sunday nights. And they wait for Disney references in the homily. <laughs> they absolutely love it. And if I'll, I'll hold off for a couple of weeks, and they're like, well, uh, Father George, aren't, aren't you going to do that? Um, and even the weekend before I leave on my trips, uh, I have my ears by my chair in church. And after the final blessing, I said, now you, you be good, be, be nice to the visiting priest. And that having been said, I put the ears on and say the famous line, I'm going to Disney World. And as a matter of fact, the ushers get into the act now. Uh, last time I went down, I'm singing my little heart out the end of mass walking down the aisle. And I see them standing in front of the door and I'm like, what's, what's going on? And I, I stop in the aisle and I look up, they all have little Mickey Mouse ears. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And you actually, I've seen pictures of you, you know, at church with your ears on one of the coolest pictures I've ever seen was when, uh, when the 102 ways to save money at Walt Disney oh, World yes. came out. I asked people to take a picture, sort of take a selfie or take a picture of you with the book. And you actually had a picture of you and the book, not just sort of standing in front of the church, but you were like at like the sanctuary. You were like up by the yeah. altar with the book. I remember that. It was it was a morning mass, and I asked one of the mass goers, you know, I said, take, take my picture. I'm going to take this for a friend of mine. So I was vested for mass. Uh, I think it was um, either Lent or Advent. I was wearing purple, and, and they have no problem with that. But I, I've also um, – I, I try to take Disney's way of customer service and apply it to the church – as we all feel very welcome, and at home at Disney World, I, I want people to fill that in, in this parish. And so as, 
And Catholic liturgy really lends itself to the way Disney operates because Disney uses all the senses. You know, I mean, the, the smells are piped in Main Street and, and the certain colors are chosen for a reason and, and textures and, and, and so on. Um, and I try to do that, you know, in church, but I, I try to create that welcoming environment by, you know, like background music and, and different lighting effects. And, and it, it, it just seems to work. And, and people, it, it's like art, you know, they don't know what it is, but they, they know what they like. And, and, and it does work. So that's, that's, that, that's my little story of Disney. And granted, my, my house is not have Mickey Mouse or Disney all, all over the place, uh, you know, how to keep a professional, but I do have a, a Mickey Mouse death set that I have in my office. And I, I do have one room in the house. It's my Disney room. All, all my collectibles are in there and, and people will ask if, if they can see father's Disney room. So I let them come through the house and they, they just stand there and they're like, well, we don't believe this. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, um, so I know we've talked in the past, but so how how long have you been listening to the show? And do you remember how you found it? It will be three years uh, this fall. Um, I was just searching uh, iTunes for well, anything Disney, just see what was out there, and I saw WDW uh, Radio, and I listened to it, and it was it was just down to earth, and and again, very very welcoming. Um, you know, it, it gave me that little fix of Disney. Um, and I thought, well, I'm going to check this out. And, and I started to watch in the box. I, I wasn't signed up for, for Ustream. Uh, I would watch, and I thought, well, I might as well join in the fun, too. And I've been there ever since, every Wednesday. And the parish knows. We have choir <laughs> practice Wednesday night. They, they know. Like, nothing happens Wednesday night. That is my, my evening for me. <laughs> And the, and the only time I'm late is for Lenten holy hours, and, and you know that because I'm always a couple minutes late. <laughs> awesome. So I know you have 102. Have you ever? Did you ever? Um, do you have any of the the trivia books too? I do have the the first trivia book. Yes. All right. So do you? Uh, that was way before I I, I I knew you. I'm like, who is this Lou Mangiello? He's he has this picture of when he was a little boy, and then he's he's grown up, and he's in the same place. That's kind of neat. <laughs> same place, same height. It's all. It's it's fine. It's, it's something right. like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so all right. So you've been listening to the show before. Do you did you go back far enough to ever hear some of the old fact or fiction episodes? As I tried to keep up on the weekly podcast, I went back to episode one, and wow. that's what I would listen to um, during just like my downtime in the afternoon, or I'd go up for walks or, or ride my bicycle. Um, I, I listened to everyone. Wow. Wow. Thank you, or I'm sorry. So <laughs> <laughs> It also made plane trips go pretty, pretty quick, too, down to Orlando, so. True. All right. So, like I said, this was a bit of a surprise this week because I didn't tell anybody that I was thinking about bringing this segment back or how I was going to do it or, or sort of where I was going to pick from in terms of uh, listeners. But I actually have one more surprise for you. Yep. Because what I didn't tell you when I said that I was bringing the segment back this week and that I was going to take uh, a member of WWE Radio Nation, that not only was it going to be fun and hopefully a bit educational as well, but you're also playing with consequences. And what I've been by consequences, I mean you're playing for prizes. So okay. what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna ask you 20 fact or fiction, basically true or false questions, and okay. all you need to do is tell me if it's a fact, true, or fiction, false. And depending okay. on how many questions you get correct, that will be the level of prize you receive. So I thought what we would do is if you get one to three questions correct, and Padre, I hope you'd get more than that correct, you get you, the... You've, you've been purging again, Lou. You want to get rid of your stuff, don't you? <laughs> All right, so if you get one to three correct, you get the new audio tour of Tomorrowland. If you Great. get five to seven, I but now I really hope you get more because I know that you already have the 102 Ways to Save Money book. If you get Two copies. Eight, two copies. Wow, yeah. double the fun. Digital and, and print? No, I, I, I purchased the print, and then uh, you were so gracious to sign another copy for me. Well, I'll have to send you a digital one just so you can have the okay. trifecta. All, All right. right, so if you get 8 through 11, you get the entire set of audio walking tours. If you get 12 through 15, I have, and I've never given one of these away before, I have a brand new WDW Radio custom case for your iPhone, and I'm hoping that you have an iPhone because I only have it for <laughs> I iPhone. I do. <laughs> so I have for an iPhone 5 or 6, I have a custom WW Radio case. If you get 16 to 19, 
you get a $25 Disney gift card that you can use in your next trip. And if you get all 20, I'm going to take you out and treat you to lunch or dinner on your next trip to Walt Disney World. Excellent. Sound good? You promised me sushi. I haven't tried sushi yet. Oh, as if I couldn't love you anymore, Father. I, listen, <laughs> I don't care if you win or not. We'll just go for sushi anyway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so listen, these questions are going to be about Walt Disney World, maybe Walt Disney, the parks, resorts, food. You ready? I'm ready. All right, let's do this. All right, so first question, fact or fiction. Walt Disney once played the role of Peter Pan in a school play. That is not true. Fiction. I'm sorry that it is actually a fact. Um, So as I'm sure you know, Walt Disney tried to buy the rights to J.M. Barry's play for years, going back to like the mid-30s. And part of the reason why was because he fell in love with this play when he was a child, when he was sort of in this this small traveling production of it. And then it it took a while to sort of get the rights because he had uh, bequeathed them to the Great Ormond Street Hospital for the Sick Children in London. And then he finally got them about four years or so later, I think in 1939. But yeah, so little Walt Disney actually played Peter Peter Pan in a school play. So, That's right. why you love him so much, Lou. That is just one more reason why. I have many reasons why I love Peter Pan and okay. Walt Disney. That's one. All right. Question number two. The Hall of Presidents is currently narrated by Pete Renaday. Fact or fiction? Uh, fiction. Correct, sir. It is, in fact, Mr. Morgan Freeman. Yes. He, uh, he took over narration a few years ago. Uh, Royal Danos, the voice of Abraham Lincoln. P- Pete Renaday did narrate it at one point, so did Maya Angelou, but Morgan Freeman is the current narrator. This is not a question for fact or fiction, fiction, but Father, who would you rather have narrate the story of your life? Morgan Freeman or Christopher Walken? Hmm. <laughs> I was going to really do a really bad impression of both, but I'm just going to let that question. Yeah, you wouldn't do that. <laughs> Surprise me. <laughs> yeah, Morgan Freeman or Christopher Walken. I, I, I would almost. Oh gosh. I, I would have to say Morgan Freeman. Yeah, I, I, I think he's a good narrator. <laughs> All right. Uh, question number three. So, what are we one for? One and one. One. In, Yeah. I don't know. One out of two. All right. Uh, Hopefully somebody at home is keeping score. Disney MGM Studios changed its name to Disney's Hollywood Studios in 2005. Fact or fiction? Fact. It is actually false. The the name changed in January of 2008. Follow-up question for no bonus points. Uh, As we know, the name is set to change at some point in the future as of the date of this recording. What do you think the new name is going to be? Or if you are Imagineer for the day and they said, mm-hmm. okay, George, what would you like to change the name of the studios to be? What would you choose? <laughs> I, I, I would probably go, you know, I, I, I would say off the top of my head, like Disney Studios, but it's actually not a studio anymore. Right. Interesting. You can mm. come back. You can think on that one and come back to it. Because I, well, I, I we'll asked have question. to see who's going to sponsor it. <laughs> yeah, I asked that to a lot of people. And, and, you know, it's hard to come up with something again. And I think to your point, a lot of people say the same thing. Well, it's not really sort of a working studio anymore. And it's mm-hmm. not really just about movies anymore. It's about Hollywood. It's about entertainment. So what is it going to be? Um, I've heard some people speculate that the word adventures might be in there or. But who knows? Who knows? So. All right, uh, question number four, fact or fiction. Walt Disney's final words on his deathbed are are somewhat of a mystery, somewhat of a legend around what Walt's final words were. But on his deathbed, he wrote something on a piece of paper. Fact or fiction, on his deathbed, he wrote the word Florida on a piece of paper. Fact or fiction? Fiction. Fiction. Do you know actually what... The, what he wrote that sort of the the the, uh, the legend of yeah, what he it, wrote it, it was the the actor's name um, mm, he, he's done Disney films and I can't think snake of the name Pliskin. right now Snake Pliskin Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell Kurt Russell that's snake right Kurt Pl- Russell yes yeah so uh, obviously Walt passed away at a very early age in 1966. And at that point, he Kurt Russell was just playing a, a starring role in Disney's film Follow Me Boys with Fred McMurray. 
And actually, uh, back, I don't know, maybe five or six years ago, Kurt Russell uh, was on Jimmy Kimmel and confirmed the story that, in fact, he was told that uh, on a typewritten piece of paper, there was a list of some TV projects that were in production. And, like, the name Ron Miller was on there. Obviously, Walt, Ron is Walt's son-in-law. He was also a producer producer of a number of live-action films, Condor Man, I'll never get those two hours back. Uh, there was also a the name of a TV show called Way Down Cellar. Uh, another person's name, Roger Mobley, and a misspelled but still there, Kurt Russell. And uh, and it was never an exclamation explanation as to why his name was on there. But it was sort of a uh, sort of speculated that Walt really liked this kid and. At the urging of Walt himself, they actually put Kurt Russell on, under a 10-year contract with the Disney Studios not long after um, his first film, which was Follow Me Boys. So there you go. There you go. All right. So question number five. Um, shortly before he passed away, um, Walt Disney actually had plans to not necessarily build another theme park, but to build a ski resort. Fact or fiction? He did have plans for a ski resort, but accessibility was the issue, I believe. So it never came about. Very good. Um, do, you, do you remember what? Um, do you remember what the name of what it was supposed to be? Hmm. I know it was to transport you, like to the Swiss Alps, to give you that 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 illusion. Yeah, it was actually called the Mineral King Ski Resort. Um, and it was going to be in sort of the Mineral King area of the Sequoia National National Forest. They had actually purchased the land. That the plane was very much in flight. Like there, there was concept art, and this was really supposed to happen. And one of these days, I'm going to do a full show all about um, the Mineral King Ski Resort and what it was supposed to be, and then some of the many reasons why that it it never came to be. And this was again, you know, sort of like the idea for Epcot, something very different, something very ambitious, something unlike Disneyland, this was one of the things that Walt had in mind in doing, I think sort of uh, partly due to his involvement in the 1960 Winter Olympics out in um, Squaw Valley, California. Uh, he was he was in the Swiss Alps for the third Man of the Mountain production, obviously the Matterhorn in Disneyland. So there's all these different reasons and inspirations as to why he wanted Mineral King to happen uh, the Sierra Club is one of the reasons why it eventually didn't, but uh, very good. So I, I'm, I'm not sure how we're doing on score, but I think it's, what are you, three for five? That sounds about right. Somebody's keeping track out <laughs> Somebody there. Somebody out there is keeping track. All right. Uh, question number six. The American Idol experience was directly preceded by the monster sound show in that space. Fact or fiction? So American Idol Experience replaced the monster sound show in that space at Disney's Hollywood slash MGM slash whatever it will be called studios. Um, I'm going to say fiction. I think it was Who Wants to Be a Millionaire Play It. Do you get you? You're still correct. You it, it was not monster sound show, but it actually replaced Doug Live. And I I don't know I don't know why I didn't know it was Doug Live. You seem like you're the perfect demographic for the Doug Live show. <laughs> show (laughs) Uh, that debuted in the spring of 1999 that actually replaced superstar television Uh, who wants to be a millionaire play it is actually where Toy Story Midway Mania is on that Pixar place oh that's right yes yes okay yeah so superstars television was that opening day attraction where you could um, sort of take a, a role in things like uh, Cheers and Gilligan's Island and Bonanza mm-hmm. and things like that, and then it eventually became Doug Live thereafter. Wrong right, church, question. right? Wrong church, right? Pew. <laughs> 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 All right, so let's get to food. It, it only took me seven questions to get to food. The restaurant that is currently known as Trotteria Al Forno on the boardwalk was once known as Spoodles. Fact or fiction? Very good, my friend. It was originally known as Spoodles on the Boardwalk, and then it was uh, Cat Cora's Cuisina back in uh, 2009. And then uh, recently, probably within the last six months or so, it became Trotteria El Fona, opened, I think, in late December 2014. I was actually a big fan of Cuisina, although I did a little, I love the sort of tapas size portions and being able to sit outside at Spoodles. Not that you can't sit outside now, but uh, mm. so yeah, it was Spoodles. 
Cuisina. And I try to read it. Have you ever tried it yet? I have not. Oh, we have to go. We've got to go. We have so many places we need to eat together. Um, question number eight. Uh, after closing in late 1994, well, what we thought was going to be permanently, Horizons in Future World and Epcot Center actually reopened from December of 1995 until 1999. Fact or fiction? Fact. Very good. So Horizons did close in 1994. Um, despite the the love and the nostalgia we have for it now, it was not necessarily the most popular attraction in the park. But when Universe of Energy and World of Motion were going down for renovations and closures, they decided that we needed something else on that side of Epcot. So they reopened Horizons from 1995 until 1999, and then it, it eventually closed in early January. Did you ever ride? Oh, no, you didn't. You were too late for all those. Yeah, I was too late for that. Yeah, you were too late for all those. All right, let's go from one extinct attraction to another. And tell me, fact or fiction, the voice of Orson Welles could once be heard in the If You Had Wings attraction in Tomorrowland. I'm going to say fiction. It's actually true. Oh. Orson Welles was the voice of Eastern Airline on the TV commercials in the 70s, and you could actually hear him on the overhead speakers in the queue area of If You Had Wings. You can fly to a magic kingdom that's right outside your hotel window, to Walt Disney World in Florida, on Easter, the airline of Walt Disney World, the airline that believes dreams really can come true, the wings of man. I'll say I was too young in the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Listen, you had a 50-50 chance, you know. All right, question number 10. Uh, again, I haven't been keeping score. I probably should have. We'll just figure it out at the end. The legend of the Lion King was located in Fantasyland. Fact or fiction? Fact. Very good. Very good. Legend of the Lion King was a Fantasyland attraction in the Magic Kingdom, opened in July of 1994, closed in February of 2002. I thought you might have gotten tripped up with Festival of the Lion King, which used to be in Camp Mini Mickey and now located over at the new uh, theater over in Africa. Legend of the Lion King was an awesome show. Love the old human animals that they used there that they eventually sort of took that sort of large-scale puppetry and brought it into a lot of other Broadway shows and the, the Lion King show on Broadway as well. So... Um, great pre-show, great show, Legend of Lion King, which is now where Mickey's Philhar Magic, Magic. Currently, currently is. Uh, in It's a Small World, staying in Fantasyland, figures dressed as chess pieces represent France. Fact or fiction? So there are characters dressed as chess pieces I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure, the, remember the placement. I would say fiction because I believe they were by Great Britain. Excellent. Double, double bonus points for that one. Uh, it is some of, the, some of the figures in the UK portion are dressed to look like dancing chess pieces. And if you look over at sort of the, the large Big Ben Tower, you can see the figures on the left look like chess mm -hmm. pieces. Excellent. 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 Um, let's stay in Magic Kingdom. Let's move over to Liberty Square. And tell me, fact or fiction, the Haunted Mansion in Walt Disney World actually opened before the Haunted Mansion in Disneyland. Fact or fiction? Fiction. Very good. Walt Disney World's Haunted Mansion opened in, on October 1st, 1971, but the Disneyland version, many years after it was originally announced, opened on August 9th, 1969. And if you know the story, as early as 1961, um, they were actually handing out sort of postcards and flyers at Disneyland talking about the 1963 opening of the Haunted Mansion. So they, they start construction in 1962. They finish the outside in 1963. They start talking about it in, uh, on World of Color in 1965. But it doesn't open for four years until 1969. I think that was due to a number of reasons, um, including some debate as to what the attraction on the interior should be. The involvement in the World's Fair in 64, 64-65, uh, obviously Walt's passing in 1966, and then again it opened in uh, August 
9th or 11th or 12th, somewhere 1969. So we'll be, and believe it or not, in, after 400 plus episodes, I still have not done a super detailed DSI of the Haunted Mansion, but I promise you it is coming. Add it to the list. There you go. I, and there's still, a, there's a growing list. There is a growing list. Um, I'm in a, I'm in a Magic Kingdom nostalgic kind of mood, Father, so I'm going to ask you, fact or fiction, Peter Pan's flight was an e-ticket attraction on Walt Disney World's opening day. Fact or fiction? Um, I'm going to say fiction. Excellent. And that, I, and that is a guess. <laughs> that's a good guess. I was going to tell you, don't let the current lines and wait times fool you. Because and I was going to say, it's an e-ticket <laughs> now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, even with FastPass Plus, even, well, I think especially now... With the interactive queue, you almost want to stand in the line just to see that. It actually opened, um, actually not on opening day, it opened on uh, October 2nd as a C-ticket attraction. But believe it or not, the E-ticket attractions on opening day were the Jungle Cruise, the Country Bears, the Haunted Mansion, Small World, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, and yes, my friends, the Hall of Presidents. E-ticket attraction on opening day. Uh, let's go over to, well, you know what? I'm going to stay in Magic Kingdom. I'm, uh, I'm feeling quite nostalgic today, but yet talking about some new Fantasyland attractions. So, Father, tell me, fact or fiction, all of the audio animatronic figures at the end of the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train in the cottage where you see Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs dancing, all those figures actually came from the original Snow White's Scary Adventures attraction. Fact or fiction? Something tells me it's fact. I'm not too sure if they all came from there, though. So I tried to, I was trying to give you, I was sort of emphasizing the all. I was leading the witness that way. Um, it's actually oh. fiction. <laughs> you need to listen to, right? Listen to the inflections. I'm trying to help you. The, uh, the figures of Grumpy, Doc, Bashful, Sleepy, and Happy, who are inside the cottage at the end of the attraction, all originally appeared, appeared in Snow White's Scary Adventures in Fantasyland, uh, which is now obviously the, the home of Princess Fairytale Hall. But Snow White, Dopey, and Sneezy were actually created brand new just for the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Have you been on? I have not. <gasps> oh, you need Add to Add it to the back. list, Lou. Add, Add it, it to, the, to list. the list. And let me tell you, they, you need to ride it not just once. You need to ride it during the day. I think you need to ride it at dusk, and I think you need to ride it again like at night, late at night. And if you could ride it during the fireworks, winner, winner, chicken dinner. Even better. Wow. There you <laughs> so, get your fast passes now. That's the best advice I can give you. Um, let's see. In the magic of Disney animation attraction, have you ever seen it? At Disney's Hollywood yep. Studios? Okay. Uh, in the magic of Disney animation attraction, an animated Jiminy Cricket talks to both his artist as well as the audience. Fact or fiction? So in the magic of Disney animation, Jiminy mm -hmm. Cricket is talking to you and the audience. Um, you know what? I don't remember that. Mushu was the one that was talking. So I'm going to say uh, fiction. Very good. Very good. Mushu, uh, the, the dragon from Milan, um, was actually not Eddie Murphy in, uh, in the magic of Disney animation. It's actually artist Mark Mosley who's been doing the voice of Mushu ever since Eddie Murphy did the role in Mulan. Uh, and he is actually the voice in Magic of Disney Animation as well. I love that attraction, and I don't love that attraction. I love that attraction for what it is and what it teaches, and I don't love it because no matter how many times I do it, my Buzz Lightyear ends up looking like a a, a heavy set Winnie the Pooh. Like I, it's just a giant blob, no matter what I try and draw. <laughs> and my eleven-year-old daughter comes out looking like you know Walt Disney, so. You need to find your inner child, Lou. Man, I need to find it. Yeah, that's definitely... I have a lot of respect and admiration for the artists and animators because I do not... My stick my stick figures don't even look like stick figures. So, all right. Um, let's stay, You know what? Let's stay with animated characters. I'll take animated characters for 500, please. Uh, in the show, It's Tough to Be a Bug at Disney's Animal Kingdom... The voice of Hopper, 
the grasshopper, is unique to that show because he's the only lead character whose voice was done by a different actor than the movie. Fact or fiction. So in Tough to Be a Bug, the only character's voice, sort of lead character's voice, that used a different voice actor than the one in the movie was Hopper. Fact or fiction. I'm going to say uh, fiction. It's actually true. It's actually a fact. Um, the voice of Hopper in the attraction was actually done by Andrew Stanton, the, the Pixar director, while the voice of Hopper in the movie was acting, actor Kevin Spacey, but he had a clause in his contract that he would not be required to have to do the voice for any type of theme park attractions or toys or commercials or anything like that. Hmm. There you go. Let's go from the parks to outside the parks. Uh, soon to be Disney Springs, currently downtown Disney, was once known as the Walt Disney World Vacation Village. Fact or fiction? Fact. It's close. I tricked you. That was a mean question because it had so many different names that were also very close. It actually opened in March of 1975 as the Lake Buena Vista Shopping Village. Then two years later, it was changed to the Walt Disney World Village. Then it became the Disney Village Marketplace. Then it became Downtown Disney with the Marketplace and Westside and Pleasure Island in 1997. And then uh, sometime later on this year, we expect it is officially going to be known as the Oh So Beautiful. I added that part in, but it will be known as Disney Springs. I just added the Oh So Beautiful part in. If you haven't been to the Boathouse, you need to go. On the list. On the list. Add it to the list. Um, let's see. All right. Here we go. In the 1970s, the Beatles, the musical group, the Beatles kids, Google them. The Beatles, while on vacation, decided to perform an unannounced acoustic concert at the Top of the World Supper Club at the top of Disney's Contemporary Resort. Fact or fiction? I have never heard that. So I will say fiction. You are correct, sir. But do you know what the Beatles' connection to Walt Disney World in the 70s is? It is where they sign the papers that they were no longer together. Absolutely. And, you know, when I first heard that, I thought that was a legend, um, that while John Lennon was on vacation with his son Julian, uh, the documents were being signed up in New York or L.A., wherever, and the lawyers, Apple's lawyers, actually brought down, you know, stacks and stacks of papers for him to sign, uh, like, on December 29th or, like, right before New Year's in 1974. And uh, he signed it, actually, at Disney's Polynesian Village Resort and was sort of the last member to sign, sort of officially breaking up the Beatles. And actually, to sort of validate that and sort of get the real story, I actually interviewed uh, John Lennon's girlfriend at the time, who was May Pang, and if you go back and listen to episode 103, she talks all about, it's really sort of a fascinating story to hear in her words, about not just the, the, the breakup of the Beatles and the, the Polynesian connection, but John and his son, Julian, you know, walking through the parks and riding attractions and, and his love of Disney and, and sort of the stories he shared with Julian. So if you go back to, to 103, it was a really interesting interview with May Pang. Um, I think that is question 19-ish or so. Um, that was good. All right. So let's. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it back to Walt. Uh, on the partner statue in the the Plaza Hub on Main Street, USA, Walt is actually wearing two rings on his fingers. Fact or fiction? He wore a Clada ring. I think that was the only ring. I'm going to say fiction. Fact, correct. He, he wore. He did wear two. He wore. He had a clatter ring on his right hand. He bought it in Ireland in a trip in the forties um, with his wife, and he actually wore a regular, a regular, regular wedding. I sound like, <laughs> I sound like Baba Waba. Uh, a regular <laughs> wedding ring on his left hand, and the clatter on his outstretched right hand. 
So I think that's all right. That's 19. I'll ask you one more just for okay. fun. Just for fun. Um, the Hoopty Doo musical review. Please tell me you've seen it before. Add, Add it to the list. list. Add to <laughs> <laughs> you need to go on. Have like you even been to Walt Disney World, George? <laughs> All right, well, let's see, because I talked about this on a show not too long ago. Fact or fiction, the Hoop-dee-doo musical review was part of Fort Wilderness when it opened in 1971. Fact. Let me read that to you one more time. The Hoop-dee-doo musical... Fiction, (laughs) fiction. I meant fiction. Yeah, that's it. Excellent, excellent. It actually started in 1974, and it's really an interesting story about And if you go back, I don't remember what show it was. It was in the 380s or 390s, I think, uh, when we talked about the 40th anniversary of the Hoop-dee-doo. It was really interesting about what the plans for the Hoop-dee-doo were going to be. They wanted to have sort of like this outdoor camp light setting with nature programs and maybe sort of just breakfast and lunch to Fort Wilderness pro- to Fort Wilderness guests. And the Pioneer Hall was almost going to be more like a town hall, right? Like a, a Disney Vacation Club sort of town hall where guests could go and play games and play cards and things like that. And eventually card walkers like, wait, there's a, there's a revenue opportunity here. And that's where the hoop de doo musical review show ended up being. They've performed more than 37,000 performances there. One of the most popular, clearly the longest running live entertainment production that the company's ever done. Uh, Again, it was supposed to be a temporary thing. The first night that they were there, the audience consisted of six tables worth of guests. That's one table per member of the cast. So they were playing to empty houses at the beginning. They thought it was going to be temporary. Um, it eventually opens as a permanent show. It's in September of 1974 and has gone on to play to literally millions and millions of guests. And uh, you've got to go, not just for the chicken and the strawberry shortcake, but the incredible fun entertainment as well. You have a lot of it things is. on your list. Most of them seem to revolve around food. See? Yeah. Most of them seem to revolve around food. So I have no idea. I was not. <laughs> I'm the worst game show host ever because I did not keep track of your score. But I'm just going to wing it and say that you got more than half correct. So whatever you don't have, I'm going to send you all the audio tours, a digital copy of the book. And I'm also going to send you one of the new WW Radio custom cases for your iPhone 5 slash 6 or six plus, whatever it might be. And when you come to Walt Disney World, we'll we'll get together in the parks and we'll eat something anyway, just because I want to make sure you're getting the most out of your experience. October, clearly, Lou. October, I'll be there in October. I will be. Listen, oh, food and wine is going on. Oh, we've That's got. That's what I said. I'll be there in October. <laughs> we've got a lot of good things uh, <laughs> happening, uh, Father George. I, I appreciate you so much. Right, I, I do. I, I just appreciate you for listening to the show and and going back to episode one and always being so, so supportive and such a good friend and being part of uh, WW Radio Nation. I I really do appreciate that. Uh, If you want to learn more, find out how you can be part and also get all the different sorts of benefits and rewards like custom magic band covers and logo gear and monthly scavenger hunts and a private Facebook group and video chats and lots of other things at, at different levels. Again, you can visit www.radio.com slash support. And who knows, I may call you to play fact or fiction. And I have a couple of other ideas as well, too, for some uh, interactive type things where I can have listeners come on and join me as well. So Father George Goulash from Sunnyville, Pennsylvania. I don't remember what town you're in. Somewhere in Pennsylvania. Winber. Winber. Ah, Sunnyville. I was going to call it Sunnyville, Pennsylvania. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. I hope you had fun. Hope you learned a little bit along the way as well. Loved it, Lou. Thanks so much. And I will see you on the cruise. Absolutely. Oh, man, we're going to have so much fun in Alaska. Looking forward to it. Time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or see how well you pay attention to the details in what you see and sometimes even in what you hear. And then every week, if you think you know the answer, you can enter for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's, and select our winner. 
So last week, I was in an Epcot Center kind of mood, and your question was simply to tell me, what's the final Jeopardy category presented to Ellen and Judy in Ellen's Energy Adventure? And as you remember, after Einstein gets knocked out, only Ellen and stupid Judy are there for Final Jeopardy, where Alex gives them their topic, the future of energy. And of course, remember that the Final Jeopardy answer is the one source of power that will never run out, and that's brain power, Alex. And if you would like to have your own energy nightmare, you can place a self-addressed stamped envelope under your pillow or check us out on the web at www.energynightmare.game. So again, thanks to the hundreds of you that entered and got this one right. I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one. And again, this week, you were playing for all seven of my virtual audio walking tours of the Magic Kingdom, including the brand new Tomorrowland Guide. And last week's winner, randomly selected from all the correct entries, is... Rebecca Alexander. So, Rebecca, congratulations. I will get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So, as the weather is getting better, and there's so many different things to do, not just inside the parks, but beyond the parks as well, in Walt Disney World, there are four different 18-hole miniature golf courses, and that, for me, is the extent of my golf I can't even say skill. It's basically all I can handle is miniature golf. So there are four different 18-hole miniature golf courses. Name them. You have until Sunday, May 10th at 11.59 p.m. to email your answer to contest at wdwradio.com. This week, you are playing once again for all seven of the audio tours of the Magic Kingdom, Main Street, Adventureland, Fantasyland, Mickey's Toontown Fair, Rest in Peace, Liberty Square, Frontierland, and of course, the brand new Tomorrowland, So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. I want to thank some new members of WDW Radio Nation for joining up this past month, including Alisa Sharp, Frank Hart, Eric Garcia, Steph Moser, James Cravani, Nathan, James Poole, Lindsey Barnett, Kenneth Johnson, and Michael Milne. If you want to help the show and also receive exclusive rewards, including monthly scavenger hunts, access to our private Facebook group, custom personalized Magic Band covers, exclusive WDW Radio Nation logo gear, including backpacks, t-shirts, care packages from Walt Disney World, exclusive live video group calls and more, you can visit www.radio.com support. Again, completely optional, but a way for you to help the show and show your support for WW Radio. Also, don't forget that a portion of the proceeds of your contributions will go to the Dream Team Project to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. Again, to find out more, visit wdwradio.com support. Also, I want to give a huge, huge thanks to everybody who took part in the Tomorrowland Audio Tour virtual launch party last week. As you know, the seventh and final piece of the puzzle in terms of Magic Kingdom Audio Tours launched last week on April 29th. I want to say thank you to everybody who watched and joined in on the virtual launch party on the 29th and everybody who's purchased the guide not just on launch day, but every day since then. Of course, if you listened to last week's show and watched Facebook and Twitter, you know that I also had a contest for anybody who purchased the guide from WW Radio, whether a download or the limited edition CD set from April 29th through April 30th, you were entered to win a personal four-hour guided tour of the Magic Kingdom with me on one of your upcoming trips. So whether you purchase the guide as a direct download from WW Radio or one of the limited edition two-disc CDs, again, I'm only making 500 of the CDs available. Everybody who purchased from 7.30 p.m. on April 29th through April 30th was entered. And from all those purchases, I randomly selected one winner, again, for a private four-hour tour of the Magic Kingdom with me and you and up to three guests. And the winner is... Jenny Ginsburg. So Jenny, congratulations. I will send you an email to let you know that you've won and set up your tour on your next visit. Thank you again to everybody who's purchased the guide. To find out more or to order yours, you can visit www.radio.com slash Tomorrowland. While you're on the site, be sure and check out our multiple daily blog posts from a great team of blog writers, our free email newsletter, free app for your iPhone or Android device, and be sure and tune in every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for WDWRadioLive.com, where I do a live video broadcast 
interact with you in the chat room, talk about the week's Disney news, and then chat with you about anything that you like. If you have a question you want answered on the air, you can email me, lou at wdwradio.com, or call the voicemail to be heard on the air at 407-900-9391 with a question, a comment, or even just a hello from the parks. Be sure and follow me on Twitter. I'm at Lou Mangiello, facebook.com slash Lou Mangiello. You can follow my personal profile there or like the page at facebook.com slash Radio. And of course, you know, as much as I love engaging and connecting with you online, I think nothing beats a handshake and a hug. And that is why I do monthly meetups in Walt Disney World every month. Our next meet is going to be Saturday, May 16th, the first of the Star Wars weekends from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. over at Disney's Hollywood Studios. That is going to take place over at the Studio Catering Company. The tentative schedule for the rest of the summer looks like the next meet of the month will be June 14th, July 19th, and then August 30th, we'll probably once again do our annual meet of the month at one of Disney's water parks, probably Typhoon Lagoon again this year, and then stay tuned to the events page over at www.radio.com or facebook.com slash www.radio for exact dates, times, and locations. Also, I'll be doing other meets, not in Walt Disney World, but on the road as I'm, as I'm traveling a lot to speak at conferences and to businesses and to schools. So visit LouMangelo.com to find out more. I will definitely be doing a meetup this summer in Fort Worth. I'll be keynoting at the Podcast Movement Conference between July 31st and August 2nd. I'll definitely have a get-together while I'm there. And if I can somehow help you turn your passion into your profession, whether you are a solopreneur looking to build your brand and business or you're looking to start or grow your podcast, I have a group coaching and mastermind program limited to just a very few number of seats. That new group is forming now. For more information, you can visit loumangelo.com or if I can come to speak at your business, to your conference, or at your school. Again, you can find out more by visiting the Work With Lou page over at loumangelo.com. Quick thanks to my partners and sponsors, Mouse Fan Travel, as you know, has been and will continue to be my official and recommended travel provider because of the assurance that I get that I know that I'm getting the best possible prices, all available discounts, but really it's because of the personal level of service that they give me. They treat me and you like they are their family. You can visit them over at mousefantravel.com and visit celebrationspress.com to get Celebrations Magazine delivered right to your door or your mobile device. And as always, my friends, and you are my friends, whether we have met yet or not, you continue to demonstrate that to me in so many different ways. And for that, I am incredibly grateful. All I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Share links on Facebook and comment there. And please go review the show over on iTunes. We're almost at a thousand five-star reviews. Would love to hit that milestone. Thanks to TL Hit from the UK and CP77668 for their recent reviews. Visit www.radio.com slash iTunes for instructions on how to leave a review and a direct, a direct link over to iTunes. And finally, um, in honor of Star Wars Day, May 4th, I want to give you a quote from a, a great man of similar stature to myself. Do or do not. There is no try. I love Yoda, and he's right. Be confident. Fully commit to what you want to do, because by eliminating that word try, you make up your mind to either do something or not. And all you need to do is have that perseverance that's necessary to overcome any obstacles that might stand in your way. Do whatever is necessary to reach your goal. Always have faith and keep moving forward. And I hope you have an incredible week this week. Thank you so, so very much for taking the time to tune in, for giving me the opportunity to share my passion for Disney with you. I know your time is valuable and I appreciate you sharing it with me. So I hope that you have an incredibly amazing week this week. So until next time, see ya. Lou, this is Mike Lynn. I love your podcast. I've been listening to it for a couple years, I think. And I just had to tell you how much I've enjoyed the uh, Epcot tour with Gary. Everything, everywhere.com. Absolutely spectacular. And already looking forward to the uh, same thing when you get over to uh, Animal Kingdom. So thanks again. Really appreciate it. Love listening to you. Take care. Hi, Lou. This is Isabella from South Florida. And I was recently just listening to your podcast about the top 10 um, attraction characters from Walt Disney World. And I really, really liked it. 
and I totally agreed with all the characters you had there, but one of my favorite characters, I must say, is the Yeti in Expedition Everest. I mean, just the essence of you traveling through, like, the mountains on your little little railroad car and looking for the Yeti and, these, like, the blood just pumping. I know when I take my children on that, we always, I don't know, always love the Yeti. That's, without that Yeti and what he reaches out for you when you're going down that little hill right there and just wondering, why is he doing that? And, I mean, duh, first thing that comes to mind is, oh, yeah, well, he's trying to eat you. But we, we asked my son, he's five, he asked the cast member about, oh, why is he doing that? And cast member told us, oh, well, he's really just trying out. He's really not a mean yeti. He's really trying to come and find out about you. He's not going to eat you. He's trying to be your friend. And I don't know, that always kind of stuck with us. And he's just my favorite. He's one of my favorite characters. Like, you see the shadow of him whipping up the train tracks. And you think he had electronic. Like, he reaches down and grabs you. And, oh, my goodness. My favorite. Favorite right there. So, I really enjoy all your podcasts. Um, especially the ones with Tim Foster. Um, I think those are hilarious. I love to listen to them with my kids when we're on the way to school. And, yeah, so just thank you so much for your podcast. And please, please do more top ten with Tim Foster. We find those hilarious, especially Tim's Go With Me Here and yours that knock everyone out of the park. And those are amazing. Thank you so much, Lou. I really, really love your podcast. Hey, thanks. Bye. Hey, hello. It's Chris uh, in uh, well, Chris O'Keefe in the box, or our mixed team in the box from West Palm Beach. Listen, I just want to touch in. I just heard the 400th episode. It was a it was a blast. Um, really enjoyed everything. Um, I liked everybody's uh, thing for you towards the end of the show, which is that. Uh, Everybody uh, appreciates your uh, authenticity and your genuineness and your heart. And um, truly, I need to hear the end of that show. That's why I gave you the jersey. That Carson jersey was something that was very special to me. I'm a big, long-time Giant fan, New York Giant fan. And I wanted you to have that jersey because um, it's not just for me. You make me happy every week when I listen to your show. But you make lots of people happy, and you give back to people. And um, that's why I wanted you to have it. All right, bud? Anyway, um, best of Deanna, best of the kids. You take care of yourself, and uh, one of these days we'll hook up. Okay? Take care, buddy. Love you. Bye. Hello, Lou Mangiello. Hello, WDW Radio, Disney, Alaska, Wonder Cruisers. Can you believe it? We're under 30 days. This is going to be so fantastic to see everybody. I am so excited. I'm sure you can hear it in my voice. It's beautiful. Um, I was looking at the Jaguar weather. It looks like it's kind of like still in the 40s, 50s. It's going to be so, now, like Becky said, make sure you dress in layers. Um, it's not really a cruise for, you know, summer clothes or anything. So, you just make sure that you guys all dress warm, okay? Um, and we've got a lot of stuff, you know, that's going to be going on. There's, you know, the theater, the shows, the uh, food, buffets, hey, ice cream. Um, I'm sure we're going to be able to enjoy the coves, uh during Tracy Arm, <clears throat> there's going to be so much that we're going to be able to do. It's going to be amazing. And remember to always look up, down, and all around because those cruise ships are seen fabulously. So we are going to have such a great time. And don't remember, this is one of the original ships. Yes, it was um, fixed up one time, you know, redesigned a little bit and that. But um, this is one of the originals, and I am so thrilled to be able to be on one of these ships. My daughter got on the Magic after it was reimagined, and they said that they loved the size of these ships and that they were beautiful and perfect. 
and it was because they were the two original of the crew, um, the sh- you know, the ship, the boats, as my husband says. Um, they were the first two. So I am excited to get on these. Um, so we will see you in less than 30 days. Have a magical day. I'm off to a MS walk now, and it is 47 degrees and sunny. Perfect day for that walk. Have a great one. You've got a friend in me. Yeah. Hey, the Schwartz.